Chronicles chapter 29 and from verse 15. And they gathered their brethren, sanctified themselves, and went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it out and carried in, carried it to the brook Kidron. Now they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. And on the eighth day of the month, they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So he sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And on the sixteenth day of the first month, they finished. Then they went in to King Hezekiah and said, We have cleansed all the house of the Lord, the altar of burnt offerings with all its articles, and the table of the showbread with all its articles. Moreover, all the articles which King Ahaz in his reign had cast aside in his transgression, we have prepared and sanctified that they are before the altar of the Lord. Work that God gave was accomplished. The sanctification or the cleansing of themselves and the temple was completed. When we do what God has called us to do, we will know that we have completed what God has called us to do. Whatever God has called you to do, you can never say that I don't know if I did it or not. I don't know if I did everything or not. If God has told you to do something, then you will know when you finish it. When God told Noah and his sons, Noah to build the ark and Noah, when God told him, that means it was for him to lead his family to get it done. And Noah was a prophet of God. Noah, when he came and told his family, they all joined together and they built the ark. Once they built the ark, they were told what to do. And God's hand brought the animals to them. And um, once the building was done, the next step that needs to be done was guided by the Lord. And the grace to do that was given. When God gives you something to do, then God gives you the grace to do that too. It is important for you to do it. And when you do it, you will know that God is with me to accomplish that which he has called me to do. It's important to look into all the fine details, whatever God has told me to do, when I do it, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then the task that is given by God it comes to completion through God, who is with us, working in and through us. That's what happened. When the work that was given by God to Hezekiah and through Hezekiah to the Levites and priests, when it was accomplished, they were able to come and say, it is done. When you do what God has called you to do, then God will lead you into the next step. 
when you complete what God has given to you, God will give more into your hands. When God entrusts something into your hands, God is expecting you to finish it. When the people finished the work, they were able to come and say, I've done what you have told me to do. Clear conscience before God is very important. Whatever God has told us to do, we should be able to stand before God and say, Lord, I did everything. I did what you told me to do. May God help us to have that clear conscience before him. Now, once that was done, verse 20, then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. And they brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. Then he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. What did they bring after that? They brought the sin offering. If you look at the order, the first order was cleansing everything, cleansing themselves and cleansing the temple. And then, once that was done, they had to offer sin offering to God. You see the order of God here. Before you can bring any other offering, the sin offering has to be offered to God. How God desires holiness and without holiness, nothing will be acceptable to God. So everything that we need to do in order for us to be holy... It's very important. That should be your top priority. If you want God to accept anything from you, to make sure that you're consecrated to God, what you offer to God is pleasing to God by offering it from holy hands. Then he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. Following the procedure, doing things God's way is very important. God has set that order in the Old Testament. When you bring it, you give it to the priest and they will offer it for you. And that was very important. Nobody can say, well, I'll offer the sin offering. I don't, have the, I don't need the priest to do it for me. I can do it myself and that'll be a big disaster. We've seen in the Bible how God gave specific instructions as to how to carry the ark of the Lord. But when that was violated, because God is very holy, if he's given a very specific standard, this is how you do it. We cannot say, well, I'll do it with this. How many of you will go take your car and say, well, why should I go to the gas station to fill it? Why can't I just pour olive oil in it? Oil is oil, right? I'm not pouring water in it. I can just pour canola oil in it. Why can't just say that, well, I have vegetable oil here in the house. Why? Why not? We don't do that. When you know with this vehicle, this is what needs to go inside. And why don't you just open the hood and pour the oil there? Why do you have to pour it in the gas tank? And you just say, well, I'm at the gas station and 
I don't have to open this. I'll just do, just take the hose and just spray all over the car. But oil is all over and the car will run. Will it? No. When it comes to earthly things, we know exactly what to do, where it should go, and what should go, and we're willing to pay for it. Nobody at that point will say, well, water is free. Gasoline, why should I pay for it? I'm not going to use gasoline. Let me pour water. No. We know if we have to drive, we need to pay the price. When it comes to things of God, let there be no spiritual laziness. Be willing to pay the price. Be willing to make effort, Jesus said in his word. Labor not for the meat that perisheth. Don't don't just strive to make money, strive to make a living. We all need to work and we all need to do what we have to do, but don't make that your life. But labor, he said, what to labor for? Labor for the meat that does not perish. So there is the meat that doesn't perish. We need to work for that. It will not come like that. We need to work for that. Labor not for the meat that perishes. Really labor for that which is going to stick with you. There is a portion that will be taken away. There is a portion that will not be taken away. And Jesus talked about it when Martha came and said, Oh, she's not helping. Jesus, why don't you tell her? You tell Jesus you're just sitting with her. And I'm doing all the work over here. Why don't you tell her to come and help me? And Jesus told Martha this. Martha, you're going after the portion that will be taken away. But she's after the portion that will not be taken away. Again, comparison here. If someone says, oh, God doesn't compare. Oh, no, 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 no. If you don't compare, how will you know what is good and what is not? Like I said before, through the Spirit of God, from Genesis to Revelation, God compares all the time. Wheat to the chaff. A believer to the unbeliever. Those who serve him and those who do not. These are scriptures. Good tree and a bad tree. Barren ground and a ground that yields fruit. Dry season. Season where? You get rain. God is speaking to the hearts of his hour. Whatever we sow, we will reap that. Go after that which will not be taken away. Go after that which will not be taken away. Teach your children to go after that which will not be taken away. You know when God says in his word, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. That means it's not that, oh, he'll lose track when he's young and when he's old somehow. No, 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 no. You train them up now. They'll just go in the way that you train them. Even when they're old, they're not going to deviate from it. What are you going to train them? What are you supposed to train them? How are you supposed to train them? Train them to go after that portion which will not be taken away. Train them to go after that need will not be taken away. 
that they need to learn to work hard for that which will not be taken away. That they need to value our children's value system should not be the value system of Satan. Our children's friends should not be the friends of Satan. Oh, God's word says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know, don't, don't you know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever is a friend of the world will be an enemy of God. If God says that, how much more we need to take it seriously. I mean, no, you know what? I don't want my kids to be God's enemies. I want to train them up in the ways of the Lord where they please. I will please God. So me and my household, we will serve God. Serve is a deep term. You cannot serve God without following God. You can't be a big sheep that produces young ones without being a lamb. Without having the growth process in growing from that little lamb to a sheep. Training up our children in the ways of the Almighty God is training up our children, going after the things of God, causing them to value that which is of value. Only a merchant who knows the worth of pearls and who knows the worth of the costliest pearl, like Jesus said, will go and sell everything he has to go and buy that most expensive pearl. If you are someone who is well-versed in that, you know that you can make a lot of money with that, you're obviously going to show your child how to. If you know that this is the portion that will not be taken away, this tends to life. Is it the right thing for you to transfer that to your family, to your children? Think about that. If you know that God hates this, will you give that to your children? Well, if my child comes and says, well, mom, I want to drink poison today. Well, will you say that that's your choice, honey, and I'm not going to force you into eating, you know, healthy food if you want to drink poison. Uh, I just want to inform you that you will die. And so here it is. I'll give it to you. No. No. No parent in their right mind would do that. Yet when it comes to spiritual things, we what the demonic lie of the enemy. Oh, you don't force religion. Well, if it is what religion that you're practicing, then I would say, yeah, perhaps, because it's death anyway. Religion is death. But if you have chosen life, will you transfer life to your child? Or will you give your child the choice to commit suicide? Drink poison right in front of me. Drink it. I say you drink it. Drink it. Well, I know that your soul is dying. How can I do that? God speak to your hearts. Never buy into the enemy's lies saying that, well, they're old enough. Even your older children, will you let them commit suicide in front of your eyes? Will you do that? Will you say that, well, you're old enough. I can't stop you. You know, if you, if you want this, you know, this is what you want to do. Will you do that when it comes to your physical body? Can you just sit still? 
if you see them committing suicide in front of you, or if you even heard that this is what they're going to do, won't you beg and plead? Won't you call? Won't you try to talk to them? Won't you pray? Won't you do everything in your power to stop them from physically dying? How much more when you know that they're dying inside spiritually? If something would happen to them, some disease or some destruction, something would happen to them, they'll go straight to hell because their soul is dead right now. May God speak to your hearts today. Know the state of your flock, the Bible says. Know the state of your children. Know the state of the souls of your children. It's very important. Very, 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 very important. God is speaking to hearts. It's not something that I planned, no. God is speaking to hearts today. No wonder I had so much resistance right before I began speaking. Tremendous attack on my body. But God came through. The enemy knew what God was about to do today because this is very important. Very important. The soul of a person who sins shall die. That's God's word. That's God's word. Can we watch the souls of our family members die? Or we say that my soul is growing. If my soul is growing, then my soul has to snatch that person out of death. That's to begin with my own family. May God speak to your hearts at this hour, no matter how old your children are. No matter how young they are, doesn't matter. That burden of the Lord has to be there. In your heart, Lord, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. You cannot say that if you know that there's death news ringing in your ears, you can't sit still. You can't sit still and say, well, it's your choice. Will you do that? Think about it. Maybe someone will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how any parent in the right mind would do that. If you know that your child is about to go and do something, you're going to jump there. You're going to be there. You're going to do something about it. Yet we see people, our own family, dying in front of us. They're walking with a dead soul inside. It's just a matter of time. They're not living. They're dying. Or they're dead. Do you have the power through the Spirit of God to bring those dead back to life? By speaking God's word into them. By living God's word before them. You be God's love to them. And you speak the truth that God wants you to by being on your knees before God for them. And take what God is telling you to give to them. Love. Just like how you do for the physical bodies. You need to do for their souls. Sometimes some parents want to play nice. You can't play nice when somebody is about to die. You will not play nice. You cannot play nice. You would just do everything, fall on them, do something, call them a hundred times, cry and plead with them and try to call someone and say, somehow bring them out of this. Do everything in your power. Are you doing everything in your power to save the souls of your children? Are you doing everything in your power? God is asking you this question right now. Are you doing everything in your power? Everything in your power. Just like how, would you, how you would do for their bodies if you know that they're dying. Suicide. The spirit of spiritual suicide. If you know that your loved ones are dying from a deadly disease, won't you do everything you can to find out, to ask someone somehow to save them? Yet, 
How come we have no care for the souls? We have like minimal care. We pray. What are we doing? How much are we doing? How much are we doing? Are we going to the presence of God asking, God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. They're dying. Show me what to do. Are you praying with everything that is within you? Are you losing sleep over it? You should. You have unsaved family members. Pray like never before. And you know what? You will see God move on your behalf. That's the only way to get your kids. That's the only way to get your spouse. That's the only way to get your parents. That's the only way to get your grandchildren. That's the only way to get your grandparents. Whoever it is, that's the only way. It's the only way. Agonize in prayer. If you know the danger of it, you will not simply say, well, Lord, it's not save my family. It's not save my kids. It's not save my Lord. It's not save and I know you will do it, Lord, and in Jesus' name. Will you do that if they're about to die? Will you pray like that? Think about it. Will you pray the way you're praying for the souls of your children if you know that they're about to commit suicide and they're going to die? Think about that. The whole prayer life will change for your family. And you know what? You will begin to see results. The prayer, the faith will heal the sick. Sick souls of your family members. That faith has to be a genuine, real faith that sees the need of the hour and goes after it with everything that is within that. God is speaking to your hearts today. The Spirit of the Lord is working in our midst. Hezekiah did everything that God had told him to do. And he was able to successfully transfer that vision that he received from the prophets. He was able to transfer that to the Levites and to the priests. And the Levites and the priests were able to receive it because he was successfully able to transfer that. They received it and there was a cleansing that was taking place. Are you able to successfully transfer what God has put in your hearts into your family members? So that as a family you can have a family altar? You need to have that. You need to have a family praise. If that is not happening, ask Cry out to God and do everything you can to do that cleansing in your own heart, in your own house, in your own family, in your own body. And for your own family members, stand in the gap and pray. Don't rest. Don't rest until it happens. Tell yourself, I will not rest until I see my family come to the Lord. I'm not going to give the Lord rest until I see my family come to the Lord. You have to have the urgency. Really, the amount of care that we put into earthly things, and you compare that, even if you say that, oh, well, I care for the souls, you just compare them and see how much you care, how much you care. If you have a graph, God will show you how much you really care for the earthly things and how quick you are to jump in, to help and to do things, you know, for the bodily needs of your family members. When it comes to the spiritual things, there's a drag, there's a slow. Somehow we pray and we know whatever I pray, it'll be answered and somehow, sometime, somewhere, somehow, they will get saved. It will not happen somehow, somewhere. God has given that responsibility into your hands to be that intercessor, not only being an intercessor, but being able to transfer that to your family. Is how Hezekiah transferred the whole concept 
of what has happened, Hezekiah was able to transfer God's heart that he received through the prophets to the Levites and to the priests who were not doing what they should have done before. It's not that they all knew and they all said, oh, we're all religious, we're all pious people now. We're, called, we're all coming to pray. No. This temple was in shambles before. Until God moved the prophets to move Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was moved by the Lord through the prophets to move the Levites and the priests. And they all had to sanctify themselves. And they all had to come and sanctify the place. And when that happened, then they all had to come together to offer the sin offering. A joint gathering for repentance. Individually you repent. And pray for the Lord to bring your family members. As a family you need to repent. That's that generation curse to be broken. You need to have that in your heart. You need to say, Lord, I am going to pray like never before. God is looking for people who pray like that. That's our first ministry. That you pray and pray. God will show you how to transfer to them. That's what happened here. As they prayed, God moved in the hearts of the Levites and the priests. And they got it. They got what Hezekiah said. Hezekiah got what the prophet said. The work of the Holy Spirit was taking place. Same thing will happen in your family. This is a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. If you take the word of God seriously and say, Lord, I'm going to look at their souls. How I would look at their bodies if they would have attempted suicide. Or if they are going through a deadly disease. For everything I would have done. I'm going to do that for their soul. I'm going to not let my family have another bottle of poison for the soul. If I know something is not right, something's not good for their souls, I'm not going to let it happen in my house. And we're going to say, well, it's their choice. How come we're allowing certain things and not allowing certain things? How many of you will allow prostitution going on in your home? May God help us if that happens. How many of you will allow drugs happening in front of you? In your home. May God help us if that happens. May never happen. Yet, we allow other things. Saying that, well, I can't interfere. So deadly afraid of the kids. Deadly afraid of those who are sinning in the house. If it is your house. If you are the boss. If you are in charge. And they are under your roof. You have every right every right to sanctify your place. It is your responsibility to sanctify your place. Sanctify yourself first and be God's representative there. To convey what God is conveying you to everyone there. To sanctify everyone there. So that the whole place will get sanctified. And then you can come as a family to offer the sin offering before the Lord. And then you can have family altar there and praise them. God is speaking to our heart today. Have the heart of God by going before the Lord night and day. I want to take you to the book of Esther. I'm not going to go read today from there. You can read on your own. You can just go to 
in the book of Esther, we read chapter three, you can go chapter four and you can continue reading. The point that God wants to drive home tonight from the book of Esther is when Mordecai heard that there was a death sentence given, when he knew that, that his people were marked out by the enemy to die, he didn't sit still. He did not sit still. He conveyed that message to his people and he conveyed that message to Esther. And he called for fasting. Everyone did what they had to do because of what Mordecai did and what Esther did. Esther conveyed that to her maids. As Hezekiah got the instruction from God through the prophets and transferred it to the priests and to the Levites, things started to change. The wrath of God was turned away from them. When Mordecai heard what the enemy was going to do, death sentence that was there, he took that information and he came up with the solution for that from God. And he was able to transfer that information plus the solution to his people, saying that, hey, you're going to die. If we don't do this, if we don't seek the Lord, we're going to die. And God worked in the hearts of the people that they all took it seriously and they all sought the Lord. He was able to convey that to Esther. And Esther was able to convey that to her maids. And they all took it and they all sought the Lord. As a result of that, they were able to avert Avert the disaster that the enemy was going to bring. God stepping in. If we don't do this, we won't be able to do, we won't be able to dispel or avert the disaster. The enemy has brought upon your family or will bring upon your family. It's very important to take it very seriously. Not be content and not be thinking that somehow it'll happen. It will not happen somehow. You are the person God has placed in your family. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to seek the Lord. You say, Lord, help me to convey the urgency. Help me to convey what is going on in this hour. Help me to convey and help me to be able to convince them to seek your Lord. Help me to be able to be used of you to sanctify the place if, if it's happening in your own house. You need to be a communicator of the truth. A person who lives the truth and communicates the truth in a manner that is effective. It has to be effective. For that, you need to seek the Lord. Esther didn't just jump up and say, let's go before Ahasuerus and let me just go and try to, I'm so uh, scared and I'm panicking and I don't know what to do. And Mordecai wanted me to do this and, and I'm being threatened on every side and I don't know what to do. I'm just the only you know, Jewish girl here. I'm going to be killed. No. She sought the Lord and she knew what God wanted her to do. And she went with confidence that came from God. Three days of seeking God with everything that is within her. Without that, she can go. You seek God. 
Seek out with everything that is within you and ask the Lord, Lord, show me what to do. The whole game plan for Esther came from God, from her seeking God. It's not some strategy that she did. If she would have done something in her own strength, it would have been a failure. The whole plan came from God because it came from God, from her seeking God. So desperately seeking God. God moved the king's heart even though it was not time for Esther to be there. God moved the king's heart because it was time for Esther to be there by God. What is your involvement? What is your role in the salvation of your family? God used Mordecai and Esther in the salvation of their family. What is your involvement? What are you doing? How are you communicating? How are you living? How much are you praying? What kind of urgency do you have? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What shall it profit a believer if they try to gain the whole world but lose their own family? Very important. Very important. We need to be people of the word. We need to have family altar. We need to be people who know the worth of the human soul, know the worth of the souls of your children, of your spouses, of your family members. If you loved ones, if you really love them, give them the truth and love after praying, as Esther did, so that you can avert the disaster. Two things we see. One is the wrath of God. Two is the wrath of the enemy. You want to avert the wrath of God and avert the wrath of the enemy? The principle is the same. You seek God with everything. You repent yourself. You consecrate yourself. You live holy yourself. And that's not enough. You need to be able to transfer this to your family members and you need to seek God for that. You cannot sit still. If you know that their soul is dying, if you know that they're committing spiritual suicide by taking the wrong thing and putting it into their soul every day, better not fund that. Better not close your eyes and say that I'm not seeing that. If you would... Do that for their body. And you can do it for their soul. But if you won't do that for, your bo- for their bodies, then you're doing a greater disservice. That means you don't have faith in the word of God that their soul is more important than their body and there's eternal consequence for what your kids are doing, for what your spouse is doing, for what is going on in your home. What is going on in your home is important. Just like how your body is the temple. Your house should be a sanctuary for the Lord. What is going on in your home is important. May God speak to our hearts today. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bring yourselves before God Almighty. Just God is speaking to our hearts. That's all I know. God is speaking to each one of you. That's all I know. Because God loves you, your family, very much. God wants to do a shaking and a breaking so that God can do a making. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Take this time in the presence of God and tell the Lord, Lord, I am not going to sit still anymore. I'm not going to play nice anymore when I see my family dying. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch your people, Lord. Wherever they are, touch your people, Lord. Let there be cleansing taking place, a deeper cleansing, Lord, taking place. In the lives of your people, oh, my Father, let there be a deeper cleansing taking place in the lives of your people, oh, Lord. A deeper cleansing taking place in the lives of your people, O oh Lord. A deeper cleansing taking place in the homes of your people, O oh Lord. May they pray like never before for their loved ones, O oh Father. May they hear from you as to what they should do in order to convey the heart of God to them, just like how Hezekiah did. Just like how Mordecai did. Just like how Esther did. Oh, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do a mighty work, Lord. Let every family be set ablaze for you, Jesus. When we see someone perishing, how can we sit still? Oh, Father, continue to work your mighty work in your people, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Touch your people at this hour. Give them your grace and your strength, your power, O oh Lord, to do the works of him who sent them and to finish it. We may never be content. Like Lot was sitting in Sodom, he was righteous. He lost his wife, lost his daughters. What a tragic way to live. Let no one be content with following Jesus alone. May each and every brother, sister, child in our church, Lord, be like Abraham who served you with his wife and with his son. He had a godly heritage, godly generation. He was able to leave the godly inheritance. He was able to transfer what God had given to him, to his wife Sarah and to his son Isaac and to his servants. We see that in Eliezer. May people, Lord, be people of influence. Not be afraid of the dark or the darkness of the threatenings that the enemy would bring before them. But to know that they have the light of Christ and the light has to dispel darkness, not the other way around. The righteous shall be bold as the lion. Give you people, Lord, confidence to believe your word primarily. To seek you and to hear from you so that they can do the will of God. Cover you people with your precious blood. Thank you, God, for speaking to our hearts. Continue to lead us and guide us. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.